Here's a story of a guy who built two Amazon businesses to eight figures who says that if you aren't delegating, you're leaving money on the table. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Serious Sellers Podcast by Helium 10. I am your host, Bradley Sutton, and this is the show that's a completely BS-free, unscripted, and unrehearsed organic conversation about serious strategies for serious sellers of any level in the e-commerce world. We've got a serious seller on the line with me today. Derek, Derek, how's it going? Good, brother. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Now, where are you calling from today? So uh, we're in New York. We're actually, we are in upstate New York, though. We're right by Saratoga Springs, the racetrack, for anybody familiar with that area. Yeah. No, I I don't hear a strong accent. So are you from that area or from somewhere else? Yeah, local, born and raised here. Uh, Lived in the city for a little while. I'm working at a startup prior to starting Amazon, but New York native. Okay. When you were growing up there in in upstate New York, other than freezing to death, (laughs) how do you envision your future? Like as far as what you wanted to be when you grew up? Fireman, Amazon seller, or what did you dream about when you were younger? Yeah, it's, it's funny. As the kid, you know, always the fireman, but it was funny. In, in college, I was the guy, you know, flipping cards on Craigslist. You know, I was that guy always. Finding so I had that entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial bug early then. Yeah, very much, very much. And, you know, getting out of college, jumping right into the corporate world. Oh, man, it was it was rough. You know, I did that for a few years, but... I what was your major experience? Uh, business, business and marketing. Business. Okay. So you, you, you got right into what you had studied and what didn't you like about the, the corporate world? I, you know, for me, I think there's a level that you can always peak in each role that you have. So you, know, you can get promoted this role, but I think about the entrepreneur side of it. You can really set your own pace for where you want to go. So I always felt capped at a corporate job, if you kind of get my drift, you know, capped, you got to answer to this person, can't really get creative and test this out. You know, team thinks it's crazy, but it could work, right? Stuff like that. And so I think that, you know, having that entrepreneuring, I think you burn out a little bit doing that for an extended period of time. And we're always thinking about creating something. You know, I own so many businesses today, it's not even funny, but I took those risks to get there. And I think that that's crucial. If you have the drive, how, how are you able to get out of the of the corporate world? I, I mean, yeah, was it just yeah. cold turkey, or you took steps, or I'll give you a quick walkthrough? Yeah, so great question. So, um, I was I was at the time I was working for a tech startup. So I had left the corporate world. Keep this in mind. And then I went to the startup world, okay. and the company that I worked for was a New York City based company. They are a multi channel e commerce company. The name of the company was SureDone, a channel advisor competitor. If you're familiar with them. And so when I jumped in here, I was selling multi-channel software to different e-commerce sellers, many, many Amazon sellers as well. And basically the tool allowed you to automate your feed files to multiple channels, adjusted your inventory, you know, pulled your orders in, routed your orders. It did, it did a whole ton of host of cool features. Um, so I'm living in Manhattan half the week, living upstate half the week, going back and forth and still you know, stuck kind of in that thing at a startup with a chunk of equity in this startup. I closed Etsy. I had Alibaba ready to invest $7 million. That deal kind of went sideways. And there was a point there where I was like, you know what? I've got some ideas. I'm going to jump off on my own and I'm going to go try some stuff. So that's really, that's really how that part started. And that was, that was about three and a half years ago, a little under four years ago. Okay. So not, not too long ago. Now, how did you go from there to Amazon? 
Yeah. So Amazon. So what I did was I started a digital agency. So a lot of people that follow me on Amazon know me as Amazon eight figure seller. And I always tell the story on there. You know, I felt I needed to get good at something and why not, why not get good at something and, you know, help other people and kind of scale them, learn the ropes, get your bank account right, and then go launch yourself. So that was always the strategy. So to take me to the start though, like, like, how did you even find out about the Amazon opportunity in the first place? Well, keep in mind, yeah. So I worked when I was working at that tech startup. It was an e-commerce startup, so I knew the I knew what Amazon had. So I saw what was going on. I didn't know it the way they knew it at the time, but I saw that hustle and drive in these. And these were Bradley. Some of these offices, you walk in, there's three people in an office doing eighty million dollars a year with a very sophisticated infrastructure, which we have today. So then obviously that, so that piqued your interest, like, whoa, what's going on here? Like, here's these people, uh, yeah, and make 80 million yeah, it was, it was, people. And then, so like, what did you do to learn to like, kind of shorten that learning curve for you? Did you like st- start watching videos or take any courses on the side or, or get your company to, to pay to, to get you up to speed or what did you do? So I feel unicornish in that respect only because I've never taken a course, never worked with a mentor. Mm-hmm. I dug my feet in. I sat in a cubicle two by two for 12 months straight. And in our first year, we did $18 million on Amazon. Private label, all ASINs built from scratch, no black hat. So were you doing this like just for yourself or for your company? Did you start doing it on the so side? Was, yeah. So, so I partnered up. You know, I have a business partner. And when we started, we started with one container. So it was about a- But this was while you were still working for that startup company or did you break ties and just go all in? No, so yeah, this was, yeah, yeah. I left the startup company and this was when I kind of had the agency and I was was basically moving from the agency to becoming a full-time Amazon seller. Okay, and uh, are you still selling your first product that you had ever launched? Yeah, I love that. Yeah, we, our first product that we ever launched right now has a little north of 7,500 reviews and we bounce back and forth from bestseller any given day. Cool. Cool. So what, what do you attribute your early success? Like what, I mean, you know, some people say, oh, you know, anybody could make a million dollars, you know, in 2017, 2018 on, on Amazon. But, but the fact of the matter is you still needed to somewhat know what you were doing, but, but what was some of the big factors that really helped you be successful right off the bat where many people maybe fail with their first product? You know, I think it was our attention to detail about what it really took to make it on Amazon. From there, it was just, you know, ranking strategies, building everything out properly. It, it just came down to work, Brad. You know what I mean? It was work. We put the work in, the grind was there, the hustle was there. It was myself, one other person at the time. And, you know, as we were doing it, we were starting to get really smart as how keywords work, how to, you know, how to properly manage advertising. So all these things coupled in, you know, we had a great account manager at Amazon they definitely helped us out quite a bit. The first year we were lucky enough to get a deal of the day. We did, I think on that, we've done a ton since, but on that, it was our first deal of the day. We did about $740,000 in one day. So, you know, that obviously helped our rank significantly. We went to number one. You, you said your first order you had, you did a full container? Our first order, we started with a container. That's correct. So what gave you the the confidence to say, hey, I'm going all in because I'm assuming, you know, I mean, container shipping by itself is a couple thousand dollars. The product was tens of thousands, if not more. So like, why were you so confident? You know, I think anything in business, not just Amazon, I don't ever go in thinking I'm going to lose. Do you know what I mean when I say that? So when I look at the product that we're about to sell, 
I've analyzed the market. I've analyzed the subcategory. And in six months, I took out a seller with 22,000 reviews from number one. I kept the focus on that. We're going to win. We're going to get to the top. We're going to figure it out. Now, have you ever tried to launch something that didn't turn out uh, uh, as well as you expected? Yeah, product-wise, yeah. Yeah, we we launched a, a funny story. So I was going to Vegas for a trade show. I was able to line up a meeting with Martha Stewart. We were going to work on a licensing deal. So it was me, her, and her her VP. And um, we're talking through the deal. And I'm thinking, I've got this great product. I want to put your face on it. I want to use your branding because she does brand licensing deals. And she loved it, but she had a big contract with Macy's at the time. So it's a very gray area. So long story short, with Martha, nothing happens. Now I'm leaving this trade show. I always keep the mindset if I'm going to a meeting or if I'm going to a show, I want to leave with value. Mm-hmm. And as I'm leaving, I see a gentleman from Asia in the corner with a booth and he's got those, you ever see those expandable hoses? I look at Amazon and I go, holy smokes, these are selling really well right now. I look at the competition. I don't think their marketing is that good. I think I can beat them. So I say, all right, so we place, we place our first PO with them. Now we've been selling for a little while, so we're making money at this time. So I take a quarter million dollars on in one PO because I wanted to go hard. I launched three variations, 12 SKUs inside one listing. We get our product. We launch. 32 days, we're the number one bestseller on Amazon in that category, bouncing back and forth, back and forth. Now, this is hoses, okay? Mm-hmm. So this is the middle of winter. Now, I'm already thinking all three kids are going to Harvard. We got this because, I mean, the margins were stupid. You know, so... What ends up happening is we're selling so well that all of a sudden, you know, we get a case against us and come to find that there was a gentleman that had 17 patents on that particular product and didn't really care too much that uh, I was cleaning the category out. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when those things happen, that was one of also the biggest learning experiences for me, because if we are going to launch a new product, you know, we have patent attorneys on retainer now where we will heavily heavily dig into what it is because the reality right now is that patent owners are coming out of the woodworks and they are taking individuals down and it's going to happen at scale. You will see this, but it will happen at scale. So, you know, that's one that we lost. And I think I took, I I took probably about a buck and a quarter hit on that because we continued to place orders with this manufacturer. Um, So if you need a hose, brother, I got hoses for days. (laughs) All right. Yeah. So what's changed, you know, from, you know, when you first started selling 2017, 2018 to now, I mean, I'm assuming you're yeah. still launching products, but, but what, what were the biggest changes for you? Was it like no more incentivized reviews or the way you communicate yeah. with customers yeah. or launch strategy? What's, what's the biggest change? Yeah. So, you know, the account that I told you about, I, I didn't preface this, but we have three approved Amazon accounts now, uh, multiple different brands. Amazon allowed us to do it. So last year we decided to do something and we were very involved with our Instagram with it. So we did a, we wanted to run a test to see like what you just said, what had changed since we launched? You know, we learned a lot since we launched. We had an account that was consistently doing 20 million plus a year. So with our second account, we had more knowledge at this time. We knew how to kind of do it. The premise of the thing that we ran on Instagram was a million dollars a month in under 12 months, all private label, brand new ASINs. And we hit it seven days late. You know, it's on our, it's on our IG stories, but the reality was we knew how to do it from the beginning. It was a little bit harder. I had to spend some more money on advertising. Um, you know, I've listened to quite a few of your podcasts Mm -hmm. and be very transparent with you. I've never used 
the chatbots, the many chat ranking strategies. Mm-hmm. I've not one time sent external traffic to Amazon except for a deal of the day. A lot of this comes down to how well you brand yourself. How good are you at, I look at Amazon as this, Amazon is a funnel, okay? The image, main image, that's the first piece of my funnel. That's my clickbait. Can I get you there? You're here now. Second piece, now you're on my funnel, right? This is the ask now. How am I going to get you through this funnel to end up purchasing? You mentioned PPC, and then since the early days, you, you've been successful with, with having low A costs and still driving a, a significant part of your your orders from PPC. So, well, like you know, how how do you operate it? So, you know, so, something that you know that any, anybody, no matter what level, can can get an idea about how they should maybe do it. That has given you that success. Would you say? Well, what's your what's your basic strategy? You don't have to give me all your trade secrets, but you know. No, I'll share some. PPC is a, it's just an ever evolving animal. There is no, I don't believe there's any quote unquote right way or wrong way to do it. People have different strategies. I've had, if you ask me this question in 2017, it's a totally different answer than it is today. Um, so, you know, basic PPC strategy, a lot of people like to do the auto campaign. They like to go in, they like to find what does here, blah, blah, blah. And they'll match that with the manuals. We do a lot of that, but we have systems on how we like to try and rank. I'll share one with you. So the way I look at the way I look at a rank strategy for me that Amazon has always liked, and I've never had to do any outside stuff, is typically speaking, I launch a new SKU, I'll jump in the early reviewer program or Vine. I know I'm going to get five, six, some some out of reviews out of it. Okay, that's going to happen. In addition to that, we're obviously marketing the product, trying to get it up. Right when I got about 20 reviews, strategy that I like to do is now I will start to really do some heavy PPC. I will throw it in a seven-day deal, let that run. I'm going to grab rank that way. That's the strategy, okay? So let's say I'm in the subcategory and now I'm 40 in the subcategory after a best deal. I'm going to wait a little while and I'm going to pump a lightning deal in there. But the second I come out of that best deal, I'm throwing a coupon on it. And I might make the coupon so stupid that you can't resist. 25% off. Uh, Derek, you're not making any money? No, I'm ranking. That's what I'm doing right now. I'm ranking. No, and then when you say throw a coupon, you're talking about like, like the, the little green ones little that green come ones. up in the search little results, right? Ones. Okay. When your seven-day deal ends, you know, that's the end of the deal. So, uh, you know, you throw a coupon up on that. Let that coupon run for a bit. Get the thing registered for a lightning deal. Grab some more velocity. And each time you do this, you're setting a target rank goal to quote-unquote stick at. I think where a lot of sellers suffer is, you know, they take the course and they, they understand it, you know, from an intellectual level, but they don't understand it from the psychological level of the buyer. Those sellers, sellers that get that, they do very well because they know how to speak to the audience. Yeah. Give me an example of that, you know, because I, I teach that a lot. You know, people sometimes worry too much about the metrics. Hey, of course, uh, do the research in Helium 10 and, and find what is searched for a lot and, and what's relevant to the buyers. But at the end of the day, metrics and and like how many characters are in your title the buyer doesn't care about all that stuff the, the buyer uh needs yeah. to have some kind of emotional connection otherwise you know they don't know your brand from anybody so there has to be something that catches them that triggers them to get it so like how how do you tackle the buyer psychology in order to to maybe put yourself above you know the other private label sellers who are on equal footing at the beginning totally. as you totally For, first off it depends on your product right but the reason I say that is because with the brand, whether it's a private label you have or it's a you know brand that's on Amazon, you look at a brand, a real brand, what do they have? They have a brand voice. So you have to take that approach, right? Is your brand voice going to be fun? 
Is it very serious, depending on what the product is? Is it a value prop brand voice that you're just hitting with value, 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 value? You have to look at that. So we have, you know, I have uh, four different private labels right now that we're, that we're currently working on. And um, I do two brand licensing deals. So the private labels, not the brand licensing deals, but the private labels, I have the ability to play with that brand voice. So what's my goal? My goal is number one, to catch you on that thumbnail that you see with the first five or six keywords that you see in my title. I got to catch you somehow. You need to be interested, right? I need to intrigue you to say, huh, dopamine spikes slightly. What is that? Let me click it. Now that I've got you there, right? How am I going to talk to you in my bullets? What's my, what story is my, what story are my pictures telling you? And guess what? I got video on every listing, right? So now you saw the story of the pictures. Let's watch the video. And then you get in the video. Now, now you say you're, you have this goal of, of uh, building these businesses to be able to make, you know, a million dollars a month, you know, within a year. But what happens after that? Are you, are you just building these to sell the, the companies or you build them up and you, and you keep them and, and keep scaling? Yeah, lots happening. So, I mean, we're going to always continue to do our Amazon business. I think I'm one of the few that I see on the web that talks about Amazon, but also has ancillary products related to it, but is still doing it consistently at scale. Um, so Amazon will always be our bread and butter. We love it. Take one business, you know, one business that was built to, to a seven or eight figure, like what, what, what's the structure? You know, there's you at the top, you know, maybe you got some project managers, but, but how many VAs would work on that account and how do you divide the responsibility? Like, do you have a VA who's kind of a, Oh, I do everything. Or you have a PPC VA, you have a keyword VA, you have a listing optimization VA. How, how does that structure work? Yeah. So there are different mindsets for each piece of that. You nailed it. So PPC, the way I like to look at this is we do have a PPC program as well, but, but a PPC person, that's not a virtual assistant. It's a different mind, right? So I knew that early on. So as I was building this, I would train the PPC specialist. I would look for a math major, somebody that was good with numbers, you know, analytics, whatever the case may be there. Like I wanted that, right? And I realized that the reason most people fail with a virtual assistant is they don't know how to train and or onboard them. And so, you know, there you go with your PPC manager, right? Like you're looking at those brains and you're constantly bringing that on. When it comes to a VA, just a traditional VA that you were just talking about there, that would be anything from, you know, I mean, there's a laundry list of things that a VA would do, and that's just a VA out of the box. I mean, it would be everything from, you know, feed files, customer service messages, support calls, you know, commenting on reviews, commenting on negative reviews, getting feedback removed, you know, maintaining the database, audit reports, FBA inventory management, shipment creation, FBA creating, you know, the whole nine, logistics, all of it. And we built this four years without even knowing it. We didn't even know what we were building and we libraried everything. We videoed everything. And then I was like, wow, we really have something here. Like I could take legit Amazon sellers and they will explode with something like this. And, and that's proved to be true for us. So, you know, I do, I do bucket those out though. The biggest buckets of what you just said are going to be a VA can handle literally 80% of what you just said. The 20% though, that's PPC. That's a different department within the company that we have. Yeah. Okay. Now we, we talked a little bit about your, speaking of PPC, we talk, talked about your PPC strategy, but you know, one thing you, you talk about when you're building businesses is you definitely want everything to be, you know, private label brand new ASINs from scratch. So what's your, your general product research strategy? Like 
what signifies opportunity for you? So when you have your team going to go, go look out to start the next brand or to start to, to, to get a new product on, on a current brand line, what, what do you look for in order, in order to, to say, oh, wait a minute here. Yeah, I, there's definitely a spot for me to, to be able to scale pretty rapidly here. I look for velocity. I'm, I'm a lot different than others. Um, everybody, you know, looks for what's the perfect product to sell that I can enter right now. And I, I look at categories and I say, where is their volume? I already know there's going to be somebody with 17,000. I don't care about that. Where is their volume? Let me analyze their listings. Let me look at the cost of goods. What could my potential margin be? Am I going to go high level with this? So if the best seller is at 69.95, am I going to sell a product at 89.95 and beat him on value? These are all things that we take into consideration and analyze. Realistically speaking, I have never looked at a category and said, oh my God, look at all the competition. I'm going to beat the competition and be smart about it. I'm going to do it with proper branding, good marketing. So we've never analyzed it that way. We've more looked at what's a methodical product. What can we also produce ourselves? Because we do, you know, with my partner, we do have facilities in Asia. So we do produce 80% of our own products. So that's a big piece of it as well. Those products that we produce and we're producing, you know, my business partner has been producing them for a long time. That played into the role of what we launched with. But since then, we've launched many products that we don't produce ourselves. So we take the same, we take the same approach to it. I will look at a main category in home and kitchen, like something serious, and I'll look at it and say, I bet you I can get to 40. And in that category at 40, that might yield us 200 units a day. And I'm happy with that. And then you grow from there. Okay. Now you mentioned before that you manufacture a lot in Asia. Now, have you been a affected at all by coronavirus delays or since there is only about a three or four week delay there, it didn't really affect you? So prior to the, uh, the tariff stuff happening, I shipped about 18 million to a facility I have here in Omaha. So I had about 18 million on the ground. Um, we're churning through a good chunk of that right now. There is a little bit of impact on a couple ASINs only because the ports were, you know, literally closed. There wasn't employees to come in and do it, but we saw the writing on the wall years back and we did move, you know, and this was, you know, prior to the presidency because we understood some of the conflict with China. So we thought it'd be wise to have some manufacturing of our own in a different country than Asia was the biggest hedge bet that we is the best hedge bet that we could have made. So we do ship from another country as well, um, where we are not impacted by a tariff and we kind of split that up. We're, we're a little different than most too, is because I will hold, typically I won't hold 18 million on the ground in the States. I wanted to get that over here to kind of beat a tariff and see what we could do. It worked out in our favor. Unfortunately, I hate to say it because of coronavirus, but we, we have good stock here. Um, I wish it wasn't under those circumstances, but unfortunately yeah. it is. So, you know, there's that, there's that aspect to it, but the way that we try and run the business is I try and ship mixed containers direct to FBA. Okay. That's good to know. I'm going to talk a little bit more about the coronavirus a little bit later, Sure, but like for uh, 2019, out of all your brands, what was the total gross sales on Amazon? Gross sales. Yeah, we did, uh, we did 30, 32 million, 32 and a half million roughly. Are you selling at all off of Amazon, like on another yeah, marketplace yeah, or so, on your own so, website? So we're on Walmart right now. Um, but, but where we are super excited and investing hundreds of thousands of dollars right now is into Facebook like the Instagram. Facebook marketplace and then, and then just selling directly from your Instagram. Exactly. Okay. Selling, selling direct, you know, selling from our Shopify site. You know, we funnel a lot of traffic back to, we're big on landing pages. 
because you can create that kind of funnel experience with a landing page. So we're super big on that. Um, so that's been great. You know, it's been, it's been really good. It's a good learning experience and we're learning it just like we learned Amazon and we haven't taken a course on it either. Just, I like to get in there and figure it out because the way I look at something might be totally different to the way that you view it, which is the only way that works in your mind. Now, now, before you had said you don't send a, you know, a lot of outside traffic to or any outside traffic to Amazon. So when you do your landing pages, it's to kind of build up your your social following and your, your Shopify, not to yes. Amazon? Yes, exactly. Okay. So our landing page is the only thing I'm sending traffic to uh, is paid. So if I'm doing paid on Facebook, social, Google, that's going to my landing page to convert you know, on a Shopify store. How did you build your audience in the beginning? Did you have like inserts or... Or just, was it all through organic or through Facebook or, or how did you build your, your social media followings? Yeah, a lot of it was, a lot of it was just, we were doing a lot of paid. So we were creating really good content. We were doing paid and we were converting because we have a nice site. We have a great landing pages. I think that for us, it was, it was a lot of paid in the beginning. We did a lot of influencer gigs too, which I highly recommend. Super simple to do guys. Like, listen, you find an influencer that's got 15,000 followers that's a small, medium level influencer. You contact them. A lot of times, if you're willing to send them a product for free, they're going to give you a great shout out, right? So you do enough of those. Before you know it, you may have just reached, you know, a couple hundred thousand people with the product. Now you have some interest on Facebook. After you make about a hundred sales, you're getting data. You can create audiences now. It's, I really do like Facebook right now. I, I wish I got on it years ago between me and you. We've just been so inundated with Amazon that we never gave it the time of day. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Now um, we're going to get into, uh, you've been giving us a lot of tips. We're going to get into our 30 second tip thing that we do here. But before that, we're going to play the search volume game. So I, I know you use Helium 10, but don't have it open. Don't be cheating. I'll be able to hear if you're typing on the keyboard, but I'm going to give you three keywords kind of related to the coronavirus, like I had mentioned before. Okay. And I'm going to give you three search volumes, the monthly search volume, and you try and match the keyword to the search volume. Sound fair? Sure. All right, here we go. So the three keywords from the, the shortest to the longest is Corona mask, face okay. mask medical, and mask for germ protection. Okay, so Corona mask, face mask medical, mask for germ protection. And I'm going to give you three different search volumes and you match it. All right, so this is going to be from least to most. That's One it. of these keywords is searched for 9,000 times a month about. Another one is searched for about 200,000 times. And the one that's searched for the most is searched for almost a million times a month in, in March. So which keyword goes to which? Corona mask, face mask medical, and mask for germ protection. All right, I'm gonna go face mask medical for the top search. Did I get that one? I won't let you know until you, you give me all of them. All right, all right, so face mask medical top. And then we're going to go Corona mask after that and the other mask. All right. You got the, the first one was right. Face mask medical search uh, for about a million it. times a month. Yeah, it's absolutely yeah. blowing up, flying off the shelves. Corona mask, surprisingly, is just the, the, the least. Absolutely. Only, only 9,000. But mask for germ protection is about 200,000 searches. So, all right. So now we're, we got to the part of the show we call the or the TST 30 second tip. So every time I always let people uh, go overtime on this, but, but today I'm going to try and really stopwatch this. So take a little bit if you need to, but think about what you can say that's kind of like very actionable, very valuable. Maybe you think is unique to you, a certain strategy, a certain tip, a certain trick, a certain hack, 
whatever you want that you can say in 30 seconds or less that our, our listeners will get a kick out of. Yeah. Okay. I got it perfectly. So when it comes to everything that we're talking about, you have to try things a lot of times. What I mean by that is that a lot of times people will create something and they'll launch it. And let's say it's a listing and then they just let it sit stagnant and they don't play with it. I can't tell you how many times I've changed the main image on items that are bestsellers, how many times I played with the copy and you continue to do this, 10 seconds, you will find your sweet spot, but it takes work. That's the work guys. That is the work playing around with what you're doing. You have to really exactly 30 seconds. All right. That's a good, that's a good one. I like that. Uh, you know, some people think Amazon's about set it and forget it, but yeah, that's not, God, you know, that's, no that's not how it works. All right, Derek, I thank you for your time here. If people want to, you know, find out more about your journey to reach out to you or to, you know, check in maybe on, on how to, to, to utilize some of your, your VA staff, how can they reach you on the interwebs? Yeah, sure. So, uh, Derek James sells the you know, D E R E K James sells.com. And then a lot of people follow me on IG. Um, that's Amazon eight figure seller. That's Amazon, the number eight figure seller. Yeah, give me a follow. I drop content daily. I don't charge for it. And I, you know, I just drops gems like this all the time. I think that's why the audiences appreciate me. Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for joining us. And in 2021, definitely want to reach out and see how you, how you did with your uh, Facebook and Instagram store launches. All right. Thanks, Bradley. Appreciate it. Quick note, guys, don't forget that regardless where you are listening to this podcast, whether it's on your iPhone or on Stitcher or on Spotify, that you hit the subscribe button so that you can be notified every time we drop a new episode.